Hey everyone, you tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. I'm Harmon. You've tuned into part two of our episode on Lenny Bruce, free speech, and censorship. Whoa. But before we jump into the episode, something to plug. July 10th through 14th, I'll be producing a four-day comedy storytelling festival called Tailfest at the Crane Theater in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's actually across from the original locale of the Channel One Theater, which we've talked about on this podcast where Chevy Chase got his start. And now, without further ado... Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. And, see, on stage, you know, there's a stripper in the burlesque house, so on stage goes, here it is, boys, what's da da da, it's cool. But let her do that in the public park on the way home and their ass is in jail. All right, uh, so what we heard there is uh, uh, the legendary comedian Lenny Bruce um, from one of his last performances on August... 3rd 1966 wow. and of ah yeah and of course you've tuned into another episode of comedy history 101 where we school you in comedy me Harmon leon you scott colonico how are you yeah baby it's all cool <laughs> i'm digging the jazz with the jazz man and the reefers yeah, so this is, uh, we tuned into part two of our episode on Lenny Bruce, censorship, and free speech. Scott, do you want to give them just like a little recap of what we learned in part one? Oh, well, we just talked about uh, some of uh, Bruce's uh, run-ins with the trials, the trials in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York. Uh, I read, did read some transcripts, some trial transcripts from some of those trials, and what the, what Bruce was actually saying. He, he was saying a word that starts with C, uh, refers to oral sex, which was uh, interesting, and uh, just about where free speech in America is today. That's right. That's right. So uh, I think to bring us up to date, uh, we're kind of at the point where the Lenny Bruce trials start to go down. So let's jump right back into that. No, I promise continuity. I'll behave myself. I'll do all the lines where he hurts. You know, that's the thing. You know, I have a a reputation for being sort of controversial and irreverent, and also the semantic bear trap of bad taste. And actually, I do have. And I will always be accused of bad taste by the people who eat in restaurants to reserve service, you know, that kind of scene to anyone, yeah. But you might be interested in how I became offensive. You know, all these trials, it was actually, he was actually sentenced in, in the New York trial. He was yeah. sentenced to the <laughs> yeah. workhouse. The workhouse. That was the best part. <laughs> what? what is the workhouse exactly? It's like, it's like Oliver Twist, dude. It's like we have to go <laughs> and like make shoes or something. Yeah, clean ask, a chimney. Please. Yeah. So in in and also during the New York trial was um there was a petition a petition signed. Uh, by such famous uh, illumin- luminary of the day like Allen Ginsberg, Paul Newman, Bob Dylan, Elizabeth Taylor, Norman Mailer, 
you know, and the petition read, whether we regard Bruce as a moral spokesman or simply as an entertainer, we believe that he should be allowed to perform free from censorship yeah. or harassment. Yeah, and here's what's interesting there. Uh, one of the, the stars who signed that, Elizabeth Taylor, that was the person that uh, Lenny Bruce made his joke about on his first appearance on the Steve Allen show. Will Elizabeth Taylor become bar mitzvahed? <laughs> It was. It wasn't that funny, but it was just fa- the fact that it was totally unscripted was made it interesting. You know, again, uh, a lot of his stuff just doesn't really transfer well to 2019. I mean, if you had to say, like deep down, it's like, what's your favorite Lenny Bruce routine? What would you say? Sniffing um, glue. Um, no, I mean I think, Eleanor Roosevelt's no, tits. I mean, I did like the the uh, to come. That was interesting. I mean, it was kind of a more of a word jazz Ken Nordine kind of thing, really. Yeah, yeah, you got some bongo drums going on there. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things, like again in the, in the Lenny Bruce trial where he was sentenced to the workhouse, they brought in like sociologists and professors to. Uh, they had to, you know, present to the prosecution that there was, uh, you know, literary merit, uh, an artistic merit to his act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is from that same, just one, I'll read a couple sentences here. This is exactly what I was talking about, yeah. So this is that same psychologist in the New York trial, like, talking mm-hmm. about what, you know, when, like, for example, here's the quote. Uh, so the quote from the witness, the psychologist says, he, t- he, Lenny Bruce, talks about pissing in the sink, for instance. I think this is not so much a urinary phenomenon as a so- sociological one. He talks about the fact that all of us all of us have something shameful that we know we don't talk about. Pissing in the sink is rather humorous and mild compared to something that is antisocial. So that's, yeah, so these guys are breaking down, uh, you know, uh, let, uh, Bruce's material in the courtroom to, like, kind of prove the merit. Yeah, and, and on the same hand, they would bring in psychiatrists to say, though yeah. he's talking about uh, sexuality or using sexual orientated words, that there was nothing sexually arousing about his yep. routines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so who do you think like uh, um, would be the modern day Lenny Bruce in this pioneering of free speech? Um, I don't know. That's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting question. Would, would it be Nick DiPaolo? Because he 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 was too hot for, too hot for too 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 honest for Comedy Central. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, too, that was it. Well, and it was what, why did Netflix like him? What <laughs> it was it was like too hot. No, yeah, too, too hot, controversial too for, for too controversial. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, see, the thing is that nobody's getting. I think we were talking about this earlier. It's like no, like the the courts aren't center aren't censoring people anymore. It's like people are being censored by other people now. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, we are Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so people are, you know, shutting down the the Twitter firestorms. Like you know, uh, we all love our John Ronson and the whole story about you know the woman who sent the the tweet where she said, "I hope mm-hmm. ho- hope I, I'm going to Africa. I hope I don't get AIDS." And then. Forgot about it. But I won't because I'm white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's what she said, not me. Yeah. People who are going to cut this and and make a deep fake video of me (laughs) saying this. Come, uh, yeah, cut to 12 12 hours later when her plane lands and there are people there at the airport waiting to kill her, you know? 
Yeah. Um, also that, I mean, I think uh, we've seen it with uh, comedians. Uh, like someone will take like Tracy Morgan's act and write it down like when he's, you know, like right after he did it at a club. And then like you have the women of The View like reading his act, uh-huh. you know, without the benefit of timing or context or whatever. And then, you know, it's just like that's all kind of like Lenny. Not so much like Tracy Morgan is the Lenny Bruce of the day, but it's kind of like the uh, the censorship and the absurdity of, you know, the prosecution reading transcripts from a stand-up comedy routine. Yeah, I think, who is it? Somebody was saying, I think Dave Chappelle makes you check your cell phones or something, if you go see him. Well, there's so many people that do that now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, as it should, because it, first of all, when, and again, it's like the censoring of just like, uh, you know, you're working on a routine that evolves into something polished. And when it's at the kind of, you know, you've got to start somewhere with a routine. And if, if you have, the ideas are still in the evolving stage, you don't want people to film it and take it out of context or, you know, whatnot, or even just, you know, you want to have the freedom of being in a comedy club to, you know, evolve your material without having yeah. it posted a minute later on to fucking <laughs> Twitter. Oh yeah. I mean, on that same kind of, kind of the same, but in a little different context is, um, I think uh, we were reading, there was one of these articles, uh, Chris Rock was saying that he won't perform at colleges anymore. Because it's just like the free speech there has gotten so unfree. Yeah, I think that was like Seinfeld. But then again, I also read Seinfeld would do it. and Or someone was talking about it. It's just like said that colleges really can't afford to get Seinfeld. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's why yeah. He, <laughs> he, he says he doesn't play colleges. Yeah. <laughs> I read, I believe we talked about this on another episode we've done here on Comedy History 101 on the Edgy comedy, comedy that crosses the line, the edgy comedy. You know, again, uh, like Daniel Tosh making a uh, rape joke, but there was a whole backstory into, you know. I I did know about the backstory. Yeah, the backstory kind of puts that whole thing into context, you know. But again, it's like it goes back to uh, Lenny Bruce where they're just reading the transcripts out of context. Here's a really sad note in that uh, documentary on Lenny Bruce was he wanted, he wanted to do have the right to do his material for the jury, you know? So they would hear it like in context. Um, I thought that was like kind of sad because he got like his, you know, that was a time when, you know, he was banned from like all these clubs and there was nowhere to perform. I think it just deep down, he just wanted to perform in front of an audience. (laughs) And that's why he wanted to do it in the court. Well, I, I, no, I, I see the point there, and then also because like he, I think he has, or I know he had a quote where you know these guys are just like we just heard he, the people are just reading out his material, and he's just like sunk his head, and he's like you know the way this guy's reading my material, you know, is like of course I would have get sentenced. Yeah, exactly. So sad note. Sad note was um, in so he got charged to the workhouse in uh, New York. Uh, but, uh, and before they could, you know, have a retrial on that, uh, as we all know, sadly, Lenny Bruce died August 3rd, 1966 at his home in Los Angeles from an overdose of morphine. Oh, yes. That is sad. 
But uh, what was pathetic was um, the police would. There was like a line of uh, you know photographers, and he would. They would just let one right after the other come and photograph Lenny Bruce's dead body oh on the bathroom God. floor uh-huh. because the whole point was like, look at this obscene man. He died obscene. You know, we were right because we arrested him. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the. On the converse, of the, the converse of that, the opposite of there, on the positive side, um, in 2003, uh, Bruce was posthumously pardoned by New York Governor uh, Pataki. Pardoned him. Said, you're, you're, you're free to go. You're free to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were wrong about all that. Yeah. Well, that's always the thing. The thing about martyrs is they don't usually live to see what they've martyred things for. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, and so I guess, you know, what what is the legacy uh, of Lenny Bruce? And, and two-part question, do you think there should be a line drawn at stand-up comedy clubs of what uh, can or cannot be on stage? You know, for example, uh, we applaud Lenny Bruce, but we don't applaud if it's someone with extreme right-wing politics. All right, so here, yeah, here's here's my thing. I think his thing was that he kind of he he broke that barrier. You know, he was saying all those those the words that you can't say, and now that you can say, and he, somebody had to be the first person to get arrested for it. To now, where you know you're on the street, and you'll hear a kid saying that stuff. So that was kind of his legacy for that. Um, what neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> we don't hear kids saying you know not nice things sometimes. Um, but and I, because it's a kid, do you go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I think the 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 line, I don't know, I think it's always that, that ye- yelling fire in a crowded theater. I mean, I think the line is if you're actually calling for other people to do harm, then, yeah, obviously that's not a good thing. But you can say, let's say there's, let's say, for example, this is my, this is my um, comedy club example. Let's say there's uh-huh. a group of people who are all purple. They're all colored purple or whatever color purple they are. Is there a movie made after I them? I think there was. I should use a different color. They're all, they're all colored orange. <laughs> this is horrible. No, it's, it's, no way. Oh, so they're all Trump? Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> they're all colored magenta. Okay, they're all magenta. And let's say, for example... So I, I would support that somebody could go on comedy, a stage in a comedy place and just go, I don't like magenta people. You know, here's why. You know, that's, you know, they don't like magenta people. I can't make them like magenta people. But, you know, as soon as you start right. saying we're going, we need to kill magenta people, then that's where the line is crossed. Well, I, I think it, and it also goes down to uh, context. Like when we were talking about our friend Nick DiPaolo on the punching down of Republican comedian stylings is, uh, you know, we're listening to uh, philosophy podcast. It's really about intent behind the words. I mean, you can say, let's all go kill magenta people, but it's really your the intent of the words. Otherwise, they're just words. But it's like if you actually mean that, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. But if you're saying it and it's like trying to prove like, you know, satire, uh, you know. It's all, all, all the intent of your, your, what you're saying to the, behind the, the, the words. intent, right? Exactly. But I, I think comedy clubs, especially, should be like open places, and there shouldn't be. Um, I mean, if you're offended, don't go. 
So, uh, how about this, Scott? I was reading a story in the New York Observer. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> who, who wrote the story? Uh, I believe it was one of their uh, new writers, Herman Leon, uh-huh. uh, on a controversy at one of the comedy clubs here in New York when a podcast, The, the Legion of Skanks, uh, was going to have Miles... Milos Yapadapadab. I, I can't even pronounce his name, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're going to have him a guest on at the comedy club, just on their podcast. Uh, there was people on the Twitter sphere exploded. Um, I think they actually, some people just like kind of like uh, graffitied the uh, comedy club and uh, there was threats and all that. And uh, they ended up moving the podcast. But uh, if if comedy clubs are a free speech zone paved the way by our our martyr Lenny Bruce, uh, what's your take on those actions? Well, I mean, I think the, of course I read that great article by that great writer in the New York Observer. Mm. Um, the one thing, oh, I, yeah, thank the, you. the best part, the funniest <laughs> part of the article though, was that. So, what's the name of the podcast? Legion of Skanks. Yeah, but then did you have to like you, you guys had to issue some kind of correction because you call it the the Legion of Skank or something. Oh, is there okay? Right. <laughs> it was. It was like because he. It was either like the Legion of Skank or something. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and my take on yeah, again the comedy club. So I've seen the the Milo dude. I've been hearing about him. You know, one of the founders of Breitbart. So not founders. One of the chief editors of Breitbart. Um, you know, Steve Bannon was his boss. You know, the thing is. Um, he's actually a pretty good speaker. Oh, did you hear him at a beer hall? <laughs> well, I mean, the, no, the, no. the one thing, no, because he, he does one of those things where he goes to colleges and then people just start shouting him down and it's just like, okay, he's just like, mm-hmm. let me, you know, finish what I'm saying. Um, right, right. And his story was about, to keep it on the comedy thing, the comedy uh, subject area, was about the Ghostbusters movie. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, he harassed uh, the woman from SNL to no end. Yeah, he didn't do that. Like that that's so that's the whole thing. Like he was telling his part of the story, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't call for anybody to harass that woman." You know, he's like, "He, I can't control what people on the internet do." And then he just said, like, his main point was that, like, he was just he was like, "Sorry, you know, it wasn't." He wasn't making a personal attack. He was just like, he was just like calling it out as being a bad movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't follow that too closely, but, you know, uh, and again, it's here's a so I wrote a story about like Internet mob mentality and it's people just want to uh, a lot of times just believe that their opinion is right without really researching. Right. Yeah. So if it's it, it's like especially on, say, Twitter, where this was like a controversy about the comedy club, um, it's like, OK, uh all I know about Milos is he is a Nazi and I don't want to research any further than that. I just want to, you know, back up my point of view. Right. Yeah. No, without any evidence being, you know, uh, forwarded. Yeah. I mean, the people were sort of, that's what people were talking about. Um, that's kind of what the, the algorithm that, that Facebook, you know, goes through is to where you get to the point where, on your timeline, you're just seeing stuff that you already totally agree with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, were they right in shutting it down, or, or again, uh, going back to Lenny Bruce, that we want free speech and free speech, as I believe George Orwell said, um, you have to, is uh, you know also hearing what you don't want to hear. Yeah, I defend the right that you have to say, even though I don't like it. Yeah, so is, is that one of those, uh, let's agree to disagree? <laughs> well, no, I mean, so I think it just goes back to the whole thing where um, we just need to keep comedy clubs as like the open forum for, for, for free speech. Yeah, I mean, again, I wrote that article and I got some backlash on that as expected, but it's like, uh, you know, I, you just if you move the goalposts, uh, they're just going to move in tighter. So then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, someone just doing that same theory is like, oh, Harmon Leon's playing there. Uh, yeah, he supports Milo Yapadopoulos. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He must be a Nazi, too, you know, without, you know, just kind of backing up your opinion without doing the research or evidence. So, you know, that easily could be, you know, uh, done in an extreme example if you just shut down other people's free speech, which was the fight of Lenny Bruce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we're saying is that if you move the goalpost of free speech, you know, and shut down, you know, say Miles, uh, Milo, Yapadapadapolis, what, what happens when you go the other way? Well, there, there, there was another way um, that happened recently in Naples, Florida, when a comedian, Ahmad Ahmad, uh, did a performance at Off the Hook Comedy Club and... His act prompted a man to call 911 and say, uh, complain that there were too many Middle Eastern people in attendance <laughs> at the audience. Yeah, so uh, um, any any racism going no, on no, there? No, not at all there, yeah. But Scott, what were they trying to do? What was the man trying to do when uh, he was calling 911 on comedian Ahmed Ahmed? I don't know. What was he trying to do? Uh, take away his free speech. Oh, yeah. It was, and it was, and yeah. censor him. Yeah. Clearly a joke right. when you do it, where, Scott? In a stand-up comedy <laughs> yeah. club. Yeah, I think it might be, I think it might be a joke. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, again, he's doing it in Naples, Florida. I'm assuming this is the heart of Trump America, and I'm, I'm assuming pretty xenophobic. So, um, you know, again, on the opposite end of the spectrum, they were trying to, you know, censor his free speech, was, which is just, you know, simply making a joke. And here's actually an excerpt from the 911 call uh, that, that the, the audience member made. Okay. There was a comedian. He's, um, his name is Ahmed Ahmed. He is so um, distressed. You know, Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. And first thing he said when he got out on the uh, stage was, okay, how many Middle Eastern people do we have here? And a whole bunch of people raised their hand. Uh-huh. I guess they went to see him because he was Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. You know, when you hear the name Ahmed Ahmed. Right. So, um, and there weren't a lot of people there, I guess, because of the name. Uh-huh. I went because I got free tickets. Okay. And as the people raised their names, they said, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Iraq. I'm from Iran. I'm from Pakistan. I'm from here. I'm from there. He said, that's great. He said, organize 
something that was right. Right. And yeah. it really well, bothered me. Yeah. I understand that in this okay, you, you get the gist of that, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and again, just circling back to our point about uh, free speech is um, do does he have the right as a comedian to say what he is in the context of a joke as opposed to someone, you know, and that man who called in obviously was very distressed, if not very uh, racist and xenophobic. But again, it's just like the opposite end of the spectrum. So do you, if you censor one, you know, person in a comedy club, you know, is it, you know, where do you, where does the line stop? Yeah. What, what was that guy doing at the comedy club? That's what I'm curious about. Oh, he said he won free tickets. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, that's I think it just goes back to, you know, the the stage at a comedy club is almost kind of like a, a sacred performing space. You know, you should be able to say pretty much, you know, in pursuit of a joke, if it's working, or not even if it's not working, but in pursuit of a joke, you should be able to say, you know, what you want. Ah, well, what about one uh, Cosmo Kramer from the TV show Seinfeld in pursuit of a joke? That uh, wasn't a joke. No, it wasn't. But it wasn't very funny, and it was also kind of um, uh, that's that's like that goes back to my purple reference. Well, I mean, no, because he was he was he was threatening harm, or he was saying certain people should have been harmed. Well, I guess it goes back to again from that podcast we listened to on uh, kind of uh, it's really kind of the intent the intent behind the words where. You know, you have Ahmed Ahmed, and obviously he's making a joke, whereas uh, Kramer from Seinfeld and just went completely hostile, and the, the hostility of the hostile words, <laughs> where there was no distance or irony from what he was saying and the way he was saying it. Right, yeah. Where Ahmed Ahmed, you know, it's obviously... Because of, you know, his intent was not to organize a terrorist organization with with the members of the comedy audience. Yeah, I mean, and thus the he's humor He's obviously making a joke. Yeah, this 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 is going to go in with with our very next episode, Harmon. Uh, did, you, yes. did, you, did you see what the name of the <laughs> did you see what the name of the comedy club in North Naples were they uh, were they the prompt of the phone call? Yeah, I mean, that's how I found it, by uh. Googling uh, Comedy Club's The Hook. Yeah, so uh, anyways, just this little uh, teaser, or spoiler alert, uh, if you want don't want to know our next episode, it's going to be on the comedy trope The Hook, comedians getting the hook in comedy clubs, and let's hope they're not getting the hook and this, for free and the na- speech. And the, and the name of the club where this happened was called Off The Hook, which is kind of similar. That, that's, that's more of a you know urban kind of saying, Off The Hook. Yo, that's, yeah. that's off the hook, yo. And any other takeaways? Um, don't die on the bathroom floor. Yeah, I don't have a, a line of uh, photographers yeah, photographing you. No, I don't, I don't care for that, dude. Yeah, um, Lenny Bruce, uh, you know, just pioneer. Uh, comedy a little bit dated, but, uh, you know, 
He's the Lenny Bruce of free speech. Uh, well, I did want to point out one thing that this was before I didn't even know this before we started researching. Uh, when before he kind of broke big, like we're talking about the mid sixties or mid mid fifties, um, Lenny Bruce and his wife, they Lenny was kind of a, a screenwriter, or he was a screenwriter. <laughs> so he he wrote and uh, starred in uh, a couple of kind of very B or C grade movies that you can find out there on the internet. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, they had clips of those in that documentary. Yeah. They didn't look very good. No, 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 no. <laughs> and they both of them, I think, involved something about people going to strip clubs. So, yeah, and <laughs> I just remember in one scene he was about to be killed, and he took off his jacket before because he had a gig that night and yeah. had to wear the jacket. <laughs> that was the only jacket he had. So that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. So here, here, Lenny Bruce, the the martyr and uh, freedom fighter of the First Amendment. And with that, I think it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, Harmon, uh, as I've been plugging away for the past few months, uh, we have a new movie that I wrote and directed and Harmon produced called Everything You Ever Want to Know About Sudden Birth But We're Afraid to Ask, which is still on the festival circuit. Uh, It was just most recently at the AFI Doc Umentary Film Festival in Silver Springs, Maryland. That was this weekend. I believe it's around this whole week. We'll be mm-hmm. at the Free Range Film Festival. We're showing in a tent. I know, in a barn. In a big barn in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, in, Don't forget uh, the July, roof. Don't forget the and, roof. And July. <laughs> in July, yep. We'll be at Rooftop Films, I believe. Uh, the date on that is the 26th in Brooklyn somewhere, but you can find all the details on my website, scottclonico.com slash birth. Nice. And for me, you can check out all my recent stories at theobserver.com. And coming July 10th through 14th, I'll be producing a five-day storytelling festival at the Crane Theater in the Lower East Side of New York. And you can come out and see the best storytelling shows New York City has to offer. And with that, that wraps up another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Yes, ma'am, I read you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am, this is... Yes, ma'am, this is... This is the present. Hey, everyone. Scott here. You just finished our Comedy History 101 podcast. So you like comedy and history. Then you should try out our other podcast, This is the President. In every episode, I dig up some found audio from one of our presidents and play it for Harmon, who's never heard it before. Then we talk about it. From Truman to Trump, we cover all your favorite presidents and not-so-favorite ones. You can also hear Harmon sounding off about current events and the state of America today. And, if you're lucky, you might be able to catch us reading customer reviews of Trump products on Amazon. You can subscribe to This is the President on iTunes, Google Play, Last.fm, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Just search for This is the President 
subscribe, and together we'll make America great again.